0: Three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here is the host of the Friendly Pines Camp podcast. Welcome to Day is Done Live with Adam. Hi, and welcome to this live episode of Day is Done, the Friendly Pines Camp podcast. My name's Adam, and I'm so excited that you found us here. After I give you the current camp news, I'll be speaking to Megan May one of our co-directors here at Friendly Pines Camp. She'll tell us a little about her time here as a camper and her rise to the top of the FPC totem pole. After Megan's interview, we'll hear a camp fact from Johnny Anarino, one of our camp cooks here, before Jonathan, our rental director, tells us a camp joke. This is FPC News for April 21st, 2020. First of all, I know we're living in a weird time right now and we've all had to make some adjustments to the way we live our lives. I wanna let you know that you are not alone and we are all going to get through this together as the camp family that we are all a part of. You can find answers to some questions you may have about Friendly Pines Camp and our reaction to COVID-19 and how we're handling it on our website. We now have a link at the very top of our webpage with any and all updates pursuing to FPC and any information we can give you in regards to camp and COVID-19. In other news, one member of our maintenance team, Derek, has been corn blasting some of our cabins, making them look better than ever. And I'm sorry, but no, it isn't as delicious as it sounds. (laughs) It's kind of like sandblasting, but with small granules of corn instead, taking off the grime that builds up over time. Now, before we speak to Megan, I'll let you know a little part of what she's been doing lately. She's been hosting virtual hangouts on Facebook Live. Our virtual hangouts are kind of like a little get together for us camp folk. We can sing some songs, learn a little little about the camp counselors that will be here this summer, and maybe even learn how to cook a recipe or two. If you want some more information on our virtual hangouts, please follow our Facebook page. Now, if you didn't already know, we have a camp store. Um, And you can find it at FriendlyPines.com to find any of the beautiful merch that you see here to my right. Um, All you need to do is click on the shopping cart icon at the top right-hand corner of the webpage. We sell sweatshirts, t-shirts, joggers, water bottles, camp mugs, stickers, and more. Um, So if you're interested in getting yourself some FPC swag, uh, visit our website FriendlyPines.com and click on the shopping cart icon in the top right-hand corner of your screen. (laughs) So this episode, we speak to Megan May, one of our co-directors here at Friendly Pines Camp. Megan started attending camp when she was only five years old, and it's been so hard to tear her away ever since. During her time with us, she's graduated a few different elements of our program here at Friendly Pines, On top of spending her summers with us here at Friendly Pines Camp, Megan also graduated from the University of Arizona. Ah, I lost my place. University of Arizona with a major in physiology in 2014 with plans to become a dentist. She's also a fourth generation owner of Friendly Pines Camp. Her great grandparents were Uncle Bud and Brownie, the founders of FPC. Ladies and gentlemen, campers and campettes, Megan May. Welcome, Megan. It's so great to have you here on the podcast, finally.
1: Thank you so much, Adam. I'm so excited. I'm finally, finally getting to be interviewed on the podcast. I've loved like listening in, and you, you've just taken it so much farther than I ever expected, and have done such a great job with it. So Thank I'm excited you. to be on an episode, finally. Well, it's great
0: to have you here. And this would usually be where I ask you, what do you do when you're in the real world, away from camp? Mm -hmm. but summer camp is your real world. It
1: is. Yeah, 24-7, all Um, year (laughs) round.
0: And I know there's probably a lot of people out there that wonder, okay, well, summer camp is during the summer.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, What do you do the other nine months of the year?
1: Yeah, I get that question all the time. Um, People are just like, yeah, you should, it's a summer camp. You should only be working in the summer. But sometimes people don't realize, like, how much is involved in the planning of camp. You know, we don't just open the gates on, you know, at the end of May and just... We magically have all of our staff hired and all of our campers are registered and we've got our food ordered and activity stuff ready like there's a lot that goes that goes into planning camp and sometimes even you know the weeks leading up to camp are like the most busy most stressful time of year I'm sure you felt that Absolutely
0: and I personally I feel like once camp arrives you can almost sit back a little and let the counselors yeah
1: yeah you get to a point where it's like all right summer started what happens, happens. I've done all my planning, but this time right now, like in April, May, that's, that's the, you know, the go time for sure.
0: Prime time. It's
1: worth it. Absolutely <laughs> worth it. All the stress in the lead-up is absolutely worth it.
0: So let's talk a little, little bit about Bud and Brownie, uh, yeah. your great-grandparents. Yeah. For those that don't know, Bud and Brownie are the founders of Friendly Pines Camp. Um, can you tell us a little about Bud and Brownie?
1: Yeah, so they, um, so Uncle Bud was a school teacher down in Phoenix and the family also owned a really successful well-known Arizona tradition business called Bud Brown's Barn. Um, it was like an event venue space at like 7th Street and Northern down in the valley. And um, they would put on round dances and meals and play live music and just have big fun community parties and events and everything like that. So. Um, In the the 40s, they decided they want to kind of expand and wanted to get, you know, out of the desert heat and out of the heat of the summer. So they came up and bought the the camp up here and it kind of started out really small, Um, you know, just like family and just like family friends. They would bring maybe 12, 15 kids up and go horseback riding, just do long trail rides and kind of just get back to nature and like be outdoors. And like I said, out of the heat, so a lot smaller, but then you know word of mouth kind of grew and kind of by the end of the fifties is when the program that we know and love today kind of really took shape um so again like the round dances and you know the meals and like our recognition songs. ceremony exactly the yeah exactly all that kind of stuff really came into shape at the end of the fifties and is still alive and well today
0: that's so great to hear
1: yeah <laughs> real fire <laughs> real fire yes
0: that's so great to hear yeah. um the you know some people's maybe their grandparents came here and we're still doing exactly. some of the same stuff that
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's awesome They did back then totally
0: um, so right before uh, Bud and Brownie took over the camp
1: mm-hmm.
0: They had a few children and one of those children was your grandmother.
1: Yeah, Bibi is my grandmother So the middle of their three daughters Bebe. Um, she's my grandmother. Yes yeah.
0: Um, so when after a little while, B.B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jack, B.B. met Jack and mm-hmm. they took over the camp. Yeah. Could you tell us a little about B.B. and Jack?
1: That's actually a really, really cute story I need to tell you. So, uh, my grandfather Jack was a Royal Air Force po- uh, pilot in um, England in World War II. And because uh, England obviously was so close to the action, they actually sent them over to America to be trained. So, he came to Arizona and was trained at Falcon Field down in the valley and he um, A lot of the community members would kind of adopt these trainee soldiers and Uncle Bud and Brownie adopted, you know, quote unquote, adopted my grandfather, Jack. Um, He was 17, you know, and they would bring him in and have family dinners. You know, he'd be there for holidays because he was so far from home and everything like that and Sunday dinners, that kind of thing. Um, And Bibi at the time was only eight years, a little eight-year-old girl, and um, she kind of started to, you know, develop a little crush on this strapping, handsome British boy um, that was a a soldier and, you know, going to go off and fight in the war. So um, he finished his training, and the time came for him to go back to Europe and, and fight in the war. And obviously she was very upset and kind of just to console her and just make her feel a little better and not be so upset i guess he got down kind of on his knees like on her eye level and um, just told her like bb if you stop crying i promise i'll come back and marry you someday (laughs) so didn't probably mean it at that time um but you know he went he went and fought in the war um you know survived the war and then many years later came back and visited his you know, his host parents, uh, Uncle Bud and Brownie, and I guess the uh, Bebe, Bebe was in her late 20s at that point, and neither had been married, and they kind of got thrown together. Um, to, she took him to a Christmas party, and that was that, and they were together for 49 years, so um, kind of a little bit of like a, the notebook, you know, uh, <laughs> what a sweet story. story. Yeah, super yeah. romantic, and I love that story.
0: Now, obviously, we've maybe skipped a generation here, it doesn't Mm -hmm. go straight from BB to Megan. Right. Um, There's your father and your auntie as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you might not see them around camp as much, but they are still around. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so they have their own careers down in Phoenix. Uh, My dad, Chris, is a doctor, and my aunt works for um, the Fairmont Hotels. Um, but, but they're, they're still, still really, really involved in camp, like they're on our board, and you know we're always you know communicating to them, and they just they're they grew up here, so camp is like a really special place for them, and they want to see, they always want to see the success of camp, and they're always they're still pretty involved even though they have their own their own lives and careers. I know uh,
0: your dad Chris was here the other day showing some people exactly, around. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he still comes up. he's still yeah he's super proud of the place and. Like I said just really it's a very dear place to all of the members of my family so.
0: now you're, you're probably one of the more unique aged people who've come through mm-hmm. Friendly Pines camp in that you started at age five That's and correct. yeah uh, we advertised starting at age six mm-hmm. um, so can you tell us what it was what you thought of summer camp back then? Did you feel like it was any different having your family so involved in camp? Like, did you have to feel like you needed to behave a certain way? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. I, I remember getting that a lot when I was a camper kind of growing up. Um, for the most part, it was pretty natural. I didn't ever feel like I had special privileges or anything like that. In fact, if anything, I was kind of held to a higher standard. I vividly remember every arrival day, my parents dropping me off and my dad like having a talk with me. Now remember... You're a part of the family, you have to set the example. So it was not, it was very much like I couldn't get away with anything because <laughs> I had to set the example. So, um, but other than that, like it was pretty natural. And I mean, BB was Grammy, it is Grammy to me. Um, now, professionally, I tend to call her BB more, but at, in private, and when I just talked to her, she's still Grammy. But yeah. for the most part, it was pretty natural and normal. And I didn't really feel that, that different, I guess. So, yeah.
0: That's cool. So once you've grown a little older, and we're finally in Upper Village, and mm-hmm. for, for those that don't know, we have four villages here at camp mm-hmm. uh, based on age. So our, our youngest campers are in Lower Village, then you grow up a little more, and you're in Middle Village, mm-hmm. then Intermediate Village, and our oldest campers are in Upper Village. So once you've grown a little older, and we're in our Upper Village girls' cabins... You say you have a story about a heart attack, but but don't get worried. It's not a real heart attack.
1: Yeah, so it's just one of those fun camp memories that I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, I remember just being so excited to finally be in Upper Village, finally be kind of queens of the camp, if you will. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just so exciting and we had a lot of friends in Ho'okam, the boys' cabin. Um, They were our similar age and everything like that. So we decided we wanted to play a small, quote unquote, prank on them. Um, So we spent like an entire week, every siesta, every free time, we cut out these little paper hearts and wrote little notes like, you've been heart attacked or like, you know, just little fun notes, like, hey there, what's up, you know, and um, got streamers and all like confetti and everything like that. And on Sunday night when the carnival was going on, so all the camp was over at the tennis courts, Our counselors uh, handed off all the materials to the HOOCOM counselors and they took it back to the cabin and they spread the hearts all over the beds, all over the floor, in the shower room. Excuse me, and put streamers up, and just decorated it, and it was like an attack of heart, so like a heart attack.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And um, it was just so fun. We we had our overnight that night, so we ended up walking back to camp the campsite and walked past HoCom and we started singing and get, got them out. And when they were all out on the porch, we were like, "You've been heart attacked," and it was just really fun because like we did it as a cabin. And it was just like, like, and it wasn't mean. No, it was like a really like like wholesome, good-natured prank. (laughs) So, um, so that's like one of my most fond memories of camp for sure.
0: Now, after Upper Village, um, usually our program goes from like camper, and
1: -hmm. then
0: you grow a little too old for camper, and you would be a silt, Mm -hmm. and then you grow a little. Mm -hmm. The the following summer, you would be a CIT, and then you move on from that but you were actually never a SIL.
1: That's right, yeah. So my last year was in 2006 when I was 14. Um, and then the next year I moved straight into CAT, Counselor in Training, so, um, basically my birthday's in August, so, like, when I was a five-year-old camper, I was, like, weeks away from being six, so when I was a 14-year-old camper, I was weeks away from being 15 and being old enough to be a SILT, so, but I was going into the same grade as all the other SILTs, and I'd, you know, we'd grown up together, we'd been in all these cabins, like, Cochise together and everything like that, and... Um, so I just asked for the next year is like, is it okay if we kind of, if we could go off of my grade instead of my age? And, um, ever since then, I think we've kind of, m- kind of made that exception. And now CITs that are 15, but going into their junior year, they're welcome to apply to the program. So, um, so yeah, I skipped Silt Year and just went straight to CIT.
0: So we don't know for sure, but maybe just maybe that's where, um, maybe.
1: our yeah. new system kind of exactly, started. Exactly. yeah.
0: Um, so you went straight into CIT, mm-hmm. and then from CIT, you were an assistant counselor. Yeah, which is something that we don't have anymore. We
1: don't. Know. Um,
0: what What is an assistant counselor? How is that different?
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, I would kind of equate it to like a, a hybrid between a CAT and a, like a regular counselor. So. We had a lot more responsibility than CITS. Like we helped with act- like we still helped with activities and with the cabin and stuff. But we would also like if there was a counselor that was out had time off, we would also cover cabins. So um, we were 17 years old, um, and so not full fledged counselors, but more than a CIT if that makes sense. So
0: yeah.
1: um, it was really fun, and we had a it was a really awesome experience. But I know.
0: Did you stay the whole summer then? Yeah, we would stay the counselor? whole
1: summer, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's
0: maybe one of the main differences between a CIT exactly. and an assistant mm-hmm. counselor.
1: Yeah, so we would come for the whole summer, or at least most of the summer. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, uh, but yeah, our CIT program is usually only like a month or two weeks. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, and then you took a year off, mm-hmm. and then you were a counselor. Mm-hmm. So, what activity did you teach as a counselor?
1: I kind of had, I wore kind of two hats that year when I was a counselor. I uh, taught f- photography and journalism, and I also was camp the camp photographer. So I had a co-head of my activity, Jen. She was awesome. So one of us would teach photography and journalism, and the other would be taking pictures. And then maybe in the afternoon we'd switch, and the one would teach again, and the other would maybe upload the pictures to the website. So those okay. um, pictures that we post every every day during the summer, um, we were involved in that as well as, you know, helping the kids write articles and make a newspaper and everything like that. So. I, know,
0: I know the parents love, oh, yeah. love, love, love seeing oh their campers in pictures at camp. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's life-changing for sure when we started posting pictures.
0: So you were here for, was it one summer? And then took a break?
1: Yeah. So, assistant counselor, break, counselor, and then I took a break for three years.
0: What did you do during those three years?
1: Yeah, so one year, um, so I was trying to be a dentist, or I wanted to be a dentist for a really long time. So one of the summers, I took summer school and I took organic chemistry, which was a big bummer. Um, I mean, it was fun, but it was summer school and it was hard and everything like that. So, um, but then the other two summers, I was really involved with my sorority and sorority recruitment, and I was involved in the planning of that for both summers. So um, I obviously really missed camp. Anytime I was, anytime I'm away from camp, I miss camp, so I still, like, made an effort to kind of come up on weekends, or if I had, like, a week in between the summer school terms, I would come up and maybe just, like, do a few days in the post office, like, it was, it was, like, pretty impossible for me Just to kind
0: of come and be here. Be
1: at camp, because I always say it's, like, my, camp is, like, my Disneyland, it's my happiest place on earth, so uh, I always tried to make an effort to get up here, but... I did take three summers off,
0: and there's nothing quite like summer camp when we're in full swing with campers everywhere. It's so fun! All the counselors, everyone's it here. It is my
1: favorite place in the world. So,
0: so uh, after those three summers off, you mm-hmm. came back. What what made you come back? Come back as a counselor yeah. instead of just um, you know working for a couple of days in the post office again?
1: Yeah. So I graduated in 2014, and I did some traveling right after I graduated. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a dentist, so I don't really know what I want to do. I had my, I call it my quarter life crisis. (laughs) And I was like, well, I've got a summer free. I've missed camp. I might as well go back to camp for one more summer. And that was in 2015. And that's when we met and um, kind of haven't left since. So, I mean, I left for a little bit, but for the most part, I've pretty much been here since 2015.
0: So you came back, but what made you stay?
1: Yeah. So that summer, um, I, I so the summer was coming to an end, and I was continuing to think like, oh, I don't, I still don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'll see what it's like in our off season, in our rental season here at camp. I've never really been here other than in summer, and uh, we had our family camp. Um, we had our family camp weekend, and. Mm-hmm. I just remember I was leading a hike to Goldwater Lake, and I was talking to these two sisters, and they were, they were campers like in the '60s, like I think they were campers like before even my dad was born, like a long time ago, and they live out of state. And,
0: and then this summer that you're talking about it was in 2015. This
1: wasn't, yeah. So this was right after 2015. This family camp. Yeah. Um, and they flew from out of state to come to this family camp. Reunion weekend and we were talking on our hike and we started talking about camp memories and they remembered like camp songs So like from a long time ago and we were able to sing the camp, same camp songs and I was like, that's so awesome. Like awesome. camp clearly made an impact on them. Like they They're still to this day, you know older women and they still love camp and when like, it showed that it made an impact on on them So I was like I want to be a part of this I always want to be at camp you know you couldn't keep me away during the summers and I want to do something that's going to make a difference in people's lives and camp does that and Friendly Pines definitely does that so that's kind of why I decided to stay.
0: Absolutely and then from there you you have been here Yeah. yeah. and uh, well after that summer you took like a little bit of a break but you were here in the Mm -hmm. spring Um, and you then became our rental director mm-hmm. and our program director mm-hmm. after the following summer.
1: Yeah. So I, I ran both of those things, managed the rentals for a year, and then also like hired our staff and got a little bit ready for the summer. And I know, I,
0: I couldn't even imagine doing <laughs> that right now.
1: <laughs> I will say, our rental season was a lot less busy. Um, it's a lot more busy now that JP, our rental director, he's taken it leaps and bounds beyond anything we could have ever imagined. So... <laughs> so that's I mean don't get me wrong it was hard and it was a lot of work but I agree now I could not be rental director and program director so yeah
0: and then from there um you moved up and mm-hmm. got promoted to assistant director mm-hmm. yeah I'm assuming that's because you looked like you're definitely sticking around
1: yeah yeah it just kind of it felt natural it I know I know camp and Um, You know, Kevin is planning on retiring in a few years, so we decided kind of as a a company and a camp that it would make sense, I guess, for me to kind of, the natural progression would be for me to start shadowing him and learning from him and learning the ropes and, you know, eventually take over, so.
0: And then as he gets a little closer to to retirement and you get a little more comfortable in the position, Mm -hmm. you're promoted again to co-director. Yeah,
1: so yeah, so that was at the end of last summer. We decided to kind of, we're more equal now. So before I was kind of like, what do you need? Kind of, let me help wow. you. And now it's like we're more of a team, even more so. so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So after all of this, camper, CIT, Assistant Counselor, Counselor, Assistant Program Director, <laughs> Rental Director, Program Director, Assistant Director, <laughs> and Co-Director, what number summer does this make it for you?
1: So summer 2020 will be my 19th summer.
0: 19th summer. Yeah. 19 summers is definitely most of your summers. Yeah,
1: 19 of my 28 summers, so most of them for sure.
0: So you must have seen camp change over the years, over these 19 summers. Mm -hmm. What are some of the differences that you can spot between back then and now?
1: Yeah, there I mean there's a few, um, but that's kind of the beauty of camp is that there's not many. Uh, you know, the, like I was saying before, the camp that we had in the fifties is not that different than what we have today. So mm-hmm. obviously activities change sometimes session sessions change a little bit. Um, one thing is, you know, activities. We never had fencing when I was a camper. We didn't have tomahawks or Improv or drawing and painting wasn't an activity either that one
0: surprises me. I
1: know we, we just always had handcrafts And if you wanted to paint and handcrafts you, you if you wanted to paint you took handcrafts, so um, So like little activities like that um, We've since gotten gone away with um, some activities like we used to have a climbing activity Which was four periods long so imagine like a whole white day or a whole green day wow. You're doing one activity uh, so that was, they would go on trips and, you know, they'd go rappelling or just, they'd leave camp a lot on these days, but. they
0: like go to local places here in Prescott, mm-hmm, over yeah. to the Dells or maybe to Watson Lake. Exactly.
1: Granite Mountain. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I remember I had friends that they would sign up for like challenge or they would sign up for climbing and then water skiing and then maybe hiking. So they'd have a full schedule, but they only have three activities, which is so weird, right?
0: That's really weird. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that.
1: Yeah. And then, um, one week sessions weren't a thing until, oh yeah until like 2009, 2010. So, um, I, when I was here, everybody was here for two weeks. A lot of people stayed for four weeks. Some people stayed for six weeks. So,
0: yeah. um, so You've obviously spent a lot of your life here, and you have a lot of experience from here. Mm -hmm. How would you say your time at Friendly Pines Camp has changed you as a person?
1: Oh, I mean, where to begin? (laughs) Um, I think the the biggest thing, I think, is my independence. Um, I really value that in myself. I'm a very independent person. I'm very, like, I can do it. I can do it on my own. Like I'm good. I'm good to go. Um, and that is all because of camp and the, you know, I would come for six weeks and yes, I had my grandmother here, but she was running the camp and she was busy. And I was away from my parents for six weeks and you know, with a tons of different cabin mates and of different from different walks of life and everything like that. It just gave me a really great appreciation for my independence and my resilience and everything like that. So.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So with all of this camp experience, what advice would you give someone who is coming here for the very first time?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I would say to a first-time camper, just embrace every moment that you can. It's going to go by in the blink of an eye. So if you're only here for a week, if you think about it, you're, you have 51 other weeks at home. So if you're missing home, you've got 98% of your year is spent at home. So might as well make the best of your one week or however long you're here and just you know get involved don't let missing home get you down just you know do everything be goofy be yourself and just yeah just seize seize the day every single day that you're here because like i said it will go by so fast six weeks for me would go by in a blink of an eye so i can't imagine just being here for one week so yeah.
0: So here we are now. We've made our own rendezvous fire to ask you the questions of the podcast and to present you with your virtue. <laughs> Megan, what is your favorite camp meal?
1: Oh, the baked, baked oatmeal is hands down my favorite meal. They Love baked oatmeal.
0: What is your favorite camp song?
1: I really love "To Friendly Pines, I Leave My Heart, the one that we sing after um, like Rendezvous and Strict Dedication. It's a a very sentimental sweet song and it makes me cry. Very sweet song. Very very special tradition.
0: What is one of your favorite camp traditions?
1: I've always loved overnights, Um, they're just, you know, it's kind of relaxed and you're outside and just getting to sleep outside and like be under the stars and everything like that. I love that as a camper. And then I've always loved Quiet Place. participating it, and then also planning it now It's like one of my favorite hi- highlights of my sessions.
0: So that's only something some of our two-week campers would probably know about.
1: Yeah, now. quite place, yeah.
0: And what or who do you dedicate your stick to?
1: Well, definitely I dedicate my stick to Uncle Ben and Brownie, because without them we would not be here. And to my grandmother for just continuing the legacy and the tradition. And, you know, it's just... Keeping it an established name in the world of camping. Um, to the campers, you know, they light up light up my world when it, when they're here, and to the staff because again, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be able to do what we want to do without them. And then always, what I dedicate my stick to are the pine trees and the stars.
0: <laughs> Very sweet. And Megan for understanding the needs of other people, even in difficult times. And appreciating all the contributions and sacrifices our staff are making towards our summer program, I present you with the virtue of respect. Ooh! Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, Megan, and stick around so we can play a game with our other guests. Hi, I'm Johnny Anorino, and this will be my seventh summer at the camp. And this is Camp Facts. Camp fact. During the summer, we have roughly about 300 meals to feed a day. Three hot meals a day plus morning and afternoon snack. That's about 900 meals a day. Our kitchen also makes most foods from scratch, from fresh baked bread to cookies and desserts. As you enter our dining lodge, the left part where the roof is lowered used to be a porch. From the 1950s onward, it has since been built into the dining lodge we all know today. So, if for those that don't know, we actually rent our cabins out here at Friendly Pines, and one of the ways that you can do that is through Hip Camp. Uh, we actually won, were nominated and voted on for the best of Arizona, best of twenty nineteen, and we won first place in Arizona. <laughs> um, so, and you can also get $10 off of your first Hip Camp stay with the promo code Friendly Pines Camp with all capital letters, no spaces. So that's with Hip Camp. And as of a few days ago, we are now listed on Airbnb as well. So if you'd like to come and stay at Friendly Pines Camp, you can find us on Hip Camp or Airbnb. Welcome back, everyone. Now it's time to play What's That Sound? What's that? Sound. What's that sound? During the week, I've gathered some classic Friendly Pines Camp sounds, and it's Megan and Jonathan's jobs to do their best to try and guess them as fast as they can to win. Now, some of these sounds, some of these are sounds, some are phrases, and some are even songs. So we don't have buzzers, so you'll have to use your names as your buzzers. JP, if you want to head over by Megan. Let's give them a test. Megan. Megan. JP, test your buzzer. JP. All right, let's get ready for our first sound. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm nervous, too. (laughs) All right. Sound number one.
1: Oh, Megan. The big bell, the wake-up bell.
0: Big bell, correct. Good job, good job. <laughs> okay, sound number two. JP. 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 That is a campfire sound. Correct. I, if I ever heard one myself. <laughs> Very good guess. One right
1: now. <laughs> Very good guess. <laughs> yes.
0: All right, sound, sound number three.
1: three. <laughs> Megan. JP.
0: <laughs> Megan. That's a horse. Correct. Yeah. Of, course, of course, of
1: course, it's a horse. Of course, of course.
0: All right. Sound number four. Four or
1: nine. Okay. Okay. Megan.
0: Megan. Is it the dining lodge door? It is yeah, the yeah. dining lodge doors. <laughs>
1: <bears. laughs> I was gonna say cabin door, but then I heard that the the screen. I think at the end.
0: Totally, that's an iconic sound. Yeah. Totally. All right, sound number five. JP. JP.
1: That's the sound of the zip line going over the meadow.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
0: So we got JP on two, Megan on three. Oof. Sound number six.
1: Okay.
0: So tonight, yes, yes tonight, tonight, you're going to go back to your cabins.
1: Oh! Megan.
0: Brush your teeth. Megan.
1: Is it high karate? Cross. Or Move. Kevin's And slap dance. on
0: some high karate. For tonight, yeah. we dance! For tonight, we dance. Yeah, close yes. enough. For tonight, yes. For
1: tonight, we dance.
0: Before the round dances.
1: Yes. For tonight, we dance! So Megan's,
0: so Megan's on four, JP's on two.
1: <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. You got this next one.
0: <laughs> we got another three?
1: Yeah. You I can. have to get all three <laughs> correct.
0: <laughs> you do, so... Do your
1: best. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Alright, let's see. I'll put my my ears on a little bit tighter. Listen up. (laughs) JP. JP. That is one of the songs that is played during one of the round dances.
0: Correct. That we have. Mm -hmm. Another point, if you can guess the song name.
1: Megan, 10 (laughs)
0: Megan <laughs> Wrong.
1: No. Oh, it's- it is! No, it's- JP. Oh, JP! oh! Oh, oh, it is! I messed Swing up!
0: Swing your partner oh. round and round!
1: No, no, no. oh, oh together.
0: Silver stands. Sands!
1: I, the, I was gonna say away oh, together. Oh, man. I can't believe I messed that up. That is so embarrassing!
0: <laughs> so JP's on three, <laughs> Megan's on four. Okay. <laughs> Two songs to go.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: Sound number eight.
1: Oh, Megan. Megan. Tennessee Woodwalk. Tennessee, Tennessee okay. Woodwalk. <laughs> I almost like, se- I second guessed myself for a second there. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Tennessee Woodwalk.
0: Now, I think this is the hottest one. Okay. Sound number nine.
1: Let's go for it. Whoa. Was that the Can sound? You do it again? That was the sound.
0: We'll, we'll give it again. I have no idea. JP, that's the sound of a boot in dirt and it goes. <laughs> Very, Very close. close. I'm going to give you a point. Yes. I'll give it to
1: you. <laughs> what is it?
0: A point yeah. for what that boot is stepping on.
1: Oh, Megan, a pine cone.
0: Yes. <laughs> Final I'm score sorry. JP four, Megan six.
1: <laughs> ah, Congratulations. Oh,
0: oh elbows. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh.
1: Thank you. That was Lord. awesome. <laughs>
0: All right, that's kind of the end. I've been Adam, and I'd like to thank Megan for joining us on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Johnny for presenting our camp fact. Jonathan for telling us that camp joke and for helping to produce this show. He's been the man behind the monitor, making sure everything runs smoothly. And finally, on behalf of all of us here at camp... I'd like to thank you for listening to Day is Done, the Friendly Pines Camp podcast. Now, don't forget, you can catch myself and Megan at our virtual hangouts every Friday at 3 p.m. on Facebook Live until summer starts. And if you want to get in touch or even contribute to one of our virtual hangouts, you can write to us at info at friendlypines.com, or you can find us on social media by searching Friendly Pines Camp. It would also really help us out if you rate and review this podcast. Here at Friendly Pines Camp, we're turning childhood moments into life's rich memories.